Hi everyone, my name is Ishan, and this is the Build Your Talent Stack podcast. I started my career feeling like I needed to fit in, and now I shape my own career opportunities. And together with the guests I feature on this podcast, we share how we challenge the status quo in how we learn, connect with an aligned tribe who gets us, and shape our own jobs. And in many cases, these are jobs that didn't exist before. Get ready to be inspired to explore creative ways to learn, future-proof your talent stack, and forge your own path in the future of work in a way that brings out your personality and your zone of genius. Hi everyone, it's Ishan here. Do you find it challenging to communicate the value that you delivered when it comes to performance review time? or when negotiating your salary. In today's episode, I invited Warren James, former engineer and project manager turned coach and mentor, to share his tips on how to prepare for performance conversations, how to articulate the value that you bring to an organization when negotiating your salary, and the compounding effect salary negotiations can have over time. Warren wrote Further Faster, The Ultimate Guide to Accelerating Your Career for Young Professionals to Encourage Them to Work Smarter, Not Harder. He is passionate about showing them how, with a little effort and forethought, they can achieve more than they ever dreamed possible. Warren's own career success in engineering and project management saw him ascend the corporate ladder and put himself in a position where retirement was an option at age 35. A career highlight was delivering over $50 million worth of work under budget, ahead of schedule, without any recordable injuries, while managing a team in excess of 150 people. As a project manager, Warren discovered that he thoroughly enjoyed helping people reach their full potential. He also experienced the burnout that can come from the stress, long hours and immense pressure needing four months off work to recharge at one point in his career. Now, as a leader, mentor and director of Rapid Mentoring, what sets Warren apart is his unique approach that balances his skills and resilience coupled with a focus on performance and career acceleration. Let's get started with this episode and find out how we can better communicate our value. Hi, Warren. Welcome to the show. Can you share with the audience where in the world are you and how did you start your day? Thanks, Yashan. Um, I'm in sunny Brisbane today. We're heading for a top of 31 degrees and I uh, started my day by getting the daughter off to school and yeah, doing a little bit of prep work for the, the podcast appearance, but um, I've had a, a stack of books that I've had to put autographs on as well to get them off to the post this morning before the first post run, and yeah, having a bit of a busy day, so happy Friday. Fantastic. Well, I'm very envious of the 31 degree weather on your side because the sky is grey and there's very strong wind, so I'd be very happy to swap places I'd- if I could. It'll, it'll probably turn into a tropical thunderstorm this afternoon, so okay. be careful what you wish for. <laughs> That's right. Um, so could you share with the audience a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I started off my career as a engineer. So I um, I grew up in Swan Hill um, on a beef cattle farm, and you know, trucked off to university and studied electronic engineering, and then finally got a job in electrical engineering, so more high voltage sort of power industry. Um, worked in that sort of industry for 13, 14 years, worked my way up through project engineering, project management sort of roles, ended up managing, you know, teams in excess of 150 people on, you know, $50 million plus jobs. Um, yeah, and then at one point I made a fairly big pivot into uh, mentoring and coaching and and that sort of world where I was, you know, able to actually, you know, sort of give back and actually help people for once, which was you know, quite nice. It was something that I really enjoyed throughout my career, so it just sort of felt like a bit of a, a natural transition. Mm. And then, yeah, just recently I have launched my first book, which is really exciting. Let's go back a little bit in um, time, uh, back to that point where you were a fresh graduate um, with your Bachelor's of Electronic Engineering. What were the kinds of career options that you were exploring at the time um i can probably actually take the story back a little bit further than that so when i was in third year we actually had to do about six weeks of industry placement as part of our degree so i ended up working at the box hill hospital in the biomedical sciences department so it was fixing all the the hospital equipment and and all of that sort of stuff so from that experience uh like lovely people they were they were awesome but i really discovered that i just I hated hospitals. Um, I didn't want to work in a hospital every day of my life. Um, so I sort of got to the end of a, a, you know, an electronic engineering degree where I was specialised in biomedical science, and I, I really didn't want to work in the biomedical field, and I really didn't want to work in the electronics sort of field either. So I had to find something that was close related, but you know, a little bit different. So I ended up applying for a few different roles and luckily landed a, a graduate rotation program with a like an electricity utility company uh, down in Melbourne so that was um, a great experience in that it allowed me to rotate around the different you know aspects of the business and you know it didn't matter whether I was electrical or electronic I could sort of you know move into a department you know and pick up the pieces and yeah it was really great to be able to just gain those different experiences from different departments and figure out you know where I really wanted to end up um like very early on in the piece I was adamant that I just didn't want to get into project management I just not that's not for me you oh, know okay too stressful you know um just didn't really seem like my my gig and um yeah shortly after that I got placed onto a, a high importance project um and sort of started working through that project pieces and you know slowly started managing little scopes myself and yeah fell into the world of project management and sort of discovered that I actually really enjoyed the whole project management space piece like especially retrospectively in that you could look back and you know this is what we've achieved and how many you know hurdles and obstacles that we've overcome you know during that time that yeah it was um, kind of you know really rewarding retrospectively. What were some of the early um, perceptions about that pathway that you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is for me? If you can maybe describe some of that before and after um, to help someone, you know, reconsider how they feel about something and get them to actually try it. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, look, and my experiences are largely around that engineering sort of space. But, um, you know, when I first got out of university, I really wanted to, you know, get in there and start doing the equations and start, you know, tinkering to do that design sort of work to, you know, really put those engineering skills to use. And what I soon discovered was that I really didn't actually enjoy putting my name to things that, you know, when that responsibility and that burden landed on my shoulders, I didn't overly enjoy that. And, you know, in particular from the the time in the hospital, if you fix a piece of equipment and then you're signing off that it's good to go and it's going out into the field to keep somebody alive, um, it was just a lot of responsibility that I didn't overly enjoy. So yeah, being able to, you know, move through different departments in, in that first graduate rotation role was was really good you know I spent time in in design and you know I thought I would enjoy it and then I I didn't overly enjoy it so and then I was able to get out into the field and actually see things getting put together and and actually building things which um, you know really gave me a lot more you know gratitude at the end of the day and yeah it was you know it was stressful and it was tough but it was it was solving problems it was getting things done and um, you know, because a lot more sort of tangible sort of that you could see where your efforts were going and that you're actually making a difference to keep, you know, the the big ball rolling. So you're happy to manage, a, you know, a budgets of up to 50 million. You're happy to put your name on that. On that. Um, so I think it's, it's about finding the thing that you care enough about where, uh, you know, a big outcome excites you because there will be some uh, pathway, career pathway that's related out there for you. You just need to try different things. Yeah, and don't be afraid to try different things. Uh, um, you know, a lot of engineers come out and, you know, they'll either go into design or they'll go into construction. And, um, you know, when they start in the in the design world, they'd be sitting there, oh, I wish I had the experience in the construction and, and vice versa. Everybody is always sort of, you know, looking for what they don't have. And, but, you know, it's, it all comes down to your personality, um, your personal values and, you know, quite a lot of those other sort of factors that, you know, will, will dictate, you know, which area you sort of end up. And I also believe that your, your personal strengths really play into it a lot. So, you know, just by trying out these different things, figuring out where you are strong and, you know, these areas that you enjoy, uh, you know, if you, if you enjoy it and you're willing to put in the effort and you're, you're strong in an area, that's that's the kind of area that you're going to be able to do, you know, really well in. So, mm. so let's talk about career progression. Um, what is it about the um, your career progression journey that's really shaped your view uh, and, and inspired you to launch your business? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the the pivotal sort of moments was, you know, when I probably get one of those early on promotions where I started actually like managing like members of the team and actually had direct reports that I had to, you had to sort of go from that, you know, they're a colleague and you treat them as a peer and as an equal to you're now, you know, instructing them and you're managing them and you're having to do their performance reviews and those sorts of things. And that, you know, that dynamic really changes and it, it takes a little bit to get used to. And, and then when you step beyond that into, you know, more of a leadership role where you're, you know, managing multiple levels of of staff it, there's some really you know curly ones about you know you can treat people in a certain way when they're your peer but you certainly have to act in a different way when when they actually become your direct reports so and yeah when you start 
you know, managing teams in, you know, in excess of 150 people, there's, there's a high likelihood that, you know, there, there might be people in the team that you, you don't know their name, you, you know, they're three or four layers of, of reporting down, you know, and that was certainly the case with some of the bigger sites that I was working on, that it, you just didn't have that engagement with the people that far down the chain. So in terms of, um, to recap what you're saying, one of the things that uh, that you need to make the shift for yourself is in go beyond from leading yourself to leading others. Um, what about in terms of actually going for that career progression? So how do you communicate your value um, when it comes to, say, performance time? How do you um, bring out um, all the supporting examples and, and how do you position that so that you can associate you know what you've done a long list of you know stuff that you've ticked off over the year to translating that in terms of value terms yeah, so I think it's it's really important to actually understand like how your organization actually makes money like you know every organization that you work for they they make money somehow so you know what is the currency that they deal in and and how you know do you actually fit into that balance sheet of actually making money um like accountants and lawyers are, are fairly simple that you know they have a a billable hour hour rate and they bill out a certain amount of hours and over the course of the year they're expected to meet certain KPIs that you know they've built themselves out to you know it might be 200 250% of their their annual salary so that um you know, once you actually understand those metrics of how you contribute to the company making money, you can start to focus on, you know, when it comes time for your performance reviews and things like that, you can start to demonstrate that here's how I've, you know, made money for the company and how I've, or saved money or, you know, those sorts of things. Um, your performance reviews are really, it's an area that's really easy to stand out from the crowd. And by, putting in a little bit of effort can go a really, really long way. Um, one of my performance reviews fairly early on in my career, uh, oh, early on, I was, I think I was about 28 at the time. Um, actually, we spent quite a bit of time with my boss, uh, you know, going over the performance review, collating information and like, you know, evidence to be able to take to HR. Uh, it was, you know, certificates of training and all those little times that I'd gone above and beyond and, you know, really like spent some time like going through that and I ended up landing a 34% pay rise, which was just absolutely huge for me. So yeah, it really comes down to making a good preparation, just documenting all those things. You know, if you, if you keep a diary, you know, just somewhere on your desktop or you know, on your computer, you can just, just add to it, set yourself a reminder once a month and just go in there and just have I ticked off any of my KPIs for the year? Have I gone above and beyond have i you know received an award have i been up on stage and you know here's a photo of you know me doing something great or you know have we achieved something ahead of schedule so i've um well i've written you know a few of these things for myself and i've also um been on the receiving end of you know some of these examples as well and um, what i uh notice is that sometimes what people get uh, find it easier to do is just list the work and not the so what um, how do you bring out the so what as you're keeping that diary for yourselves to so that people who are listening can go all right if I follow this sort of um, I guess approach to keeping that um, diary 
um, that if I follow this, you know, if I structure, then, you know, it makes sure that I don't just get fall into the trap of just listing, you know, what I've done versus uh, what impact this has had. Do you have any tips on how do you bring that so what out? Yeah, I think it's really important just to sort of circle it back to that initial value sort of piece that, you know, once you can actually start to show that, you know, you've done X, Y, and Z, which means that you can bill more billable hours or you can charge a higher rate for the time that you are billing, that's where you can really start to demonstrate the value that you're bringing to a particular organization. And, you know, for all different, you know, backgrounds, like there's, and different, different skill sets, there's all different sorts of ways of going about it. Like, you know, an engineer might become certified and be able to sign off design drawings. A, an accountant might be working towards becoming chartered or something like that, where they can, you know, all of a sudden they can start billing more hours. And, and you might not have actually achieved that certification in, in that particular, you know, time frame. But if you've made good progress towards it, it's, it's definitely, you know, valuable information that you can put on the table to say, I'm now, you know, 60% of my way towards be- becoming, you know, a chartered or... Thanks, Warren. Now, let's talk about your book. Um, it's called Further Faster, The Ultimate Guide to Accelerating Your Career. Um, Warren, can you give the audience a little bit of an introduction into, you know, what was what inspired you to write this book and who was it for? Yeah, the inspiration, um, I think a lot of it came from the work that I've been doing with the rapid mentoring program and, you know, dealing with a lot of, you know, graduates and people in that first 10 or so years of their career. So that's definitely the, the right, you know, target audience for the book. But in saying that, we've had quite a lot of people that are, you know, outside of that, that have, you know, got quite a lot more experience that are are still really, you know, getting a lot of, um, a lot of value out of it. So it really takes the, the reader on a bit of a journey. So, you know, a lot about who you are and, and where you want to go. So there's a lot about finding direction that a lot of people are, you know, coming out of university and in that first 10 or so years, they're really lacking direction in their career and in their life in general. And a lot of people will just sort of bob along and, you know, wait for the next thing to come up and, you know, not really driven by, you know, setting, you know, longer term sort of goals for themselves. So, um, that's, you know, largely the first third of the book. And then we get into, you know, building some tips and tools to really help you to, you know, you know, the tools that you're going to need to make that journey a lot easier and better. So there's things in there like stress management and, you know, making sure that you're getting enough sleep and switching off from work and all those sorts of bits and pieces. Um, the last part of the book is really all about accelerating that journey. So it's, all the the hints, the tips, the things that I did wrong, the things that I did right, um, you know, ways to, you know, really, you know, accelerate that journey up the corporate ladder and not necessarily just straight up. You might have to go sideways and, you know, gain different experience in different areas, but a whole heap of different tips in there to, you know, really get to get you to where your goals are a lot quicker. Warren, what I really enjoyed about your book was how you make it really achievable. You make it easy for people to read it in one sitting. And I find the visuals and tools very helpful as well, uh, as well as hearing your real life examples. And I couldn't help but reflect on my own career progression (laughs) relative to your framework and reflect on, you know, sometimes we are focused on ticking those 
boxes in our career goals, but I like how you bring it back to a more holistic perspective on why is it that we do what we do and to not forget about our life goals as well. But the page that probably caught my eye um, was the one that I ended up putting a sticker on, you know, one of those reusable uh, yeah, stickers that you put when, uh, in pages when you want to annotate something. Um, and it was about the page around career progression. And very early into that chapter on career progression, you provided to a table with three columns. On column one, it was the number of years in your career. Column two is what a 2% salary increase looks like over time. And compare that with a 7% salary increase. And the compounding impact this can have over the course of your career, the difference is staggering. Absolutely. So this is, yeah, sort of circles back to that performance review sort of piece where it's really not hard to stand out from the crowd and, you know, put that little bit of extra effort in and, you know, really demonstrate and, you know, just it's not about overselling yourself and, you know, getting something that you don't deserve. It's it's all about getting everything that you do deserve. So, you know, really having those accurate records of, of what you've achieved over the year and being able to, you know, go into a performance review and clearly articulate what you've what you've managed to achieve and having a a bit more of a, a longer term view of your own career, you know, might mean that you'd put your hand up for some training and, you know, different sorts of development earlier. So by, you know, accelerating and, you know, just changing that trajectory of your career, you know, the example in the book was that, you know, if you can get a, a an extra 5% pay rise each year, at, um, yeah, as you're sort of saying, the, the results at the end were absolutely staggering. I think the in the in the example we we started off with you know two people that were earning fifty thousand dollars a year and and by the end of a you know a 30-year career it was you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars difference in their salary so i also like that you have a whole chapter dedicated to why it's so important to have a financial investment strategy so that you can make the most of that extra income and the additional compounding impact that can have on your finances as well Let's go back to salary negotiations. You paint a realistic picture in your book where not everything is within your control when it comes to salary negotiations. You also share a story about how you held your ground and eventually was able to achieve that salary increase when the timing was right and when the opportunity was right. So for someone who's feeling stuck and they feel like they're doing all the right things, but they've plateaued. What advice would you give to someone in that situation? Yeah, I think a lot of it is like if you, uh, you're just self-aware enough to, you know, you can sort of say, well, I am stagnating. And if I continue on this path, you know, this is where I want it. This is where I'm going to end up. And actually to be able to sit back and say, well, that's not where I want to end up. And I want to end up you know, three levels higher or, or something like that, you can sort of say, well, okay, so something needs to change. And the sooner that you can make that change, the the easier your life will be. And it's just being about, you know, trying to be respective and, you know, actually looking at it and saying, well, to take that next step up the corporate ladder, you know, what are the skills gap that I've, that I've got? Do I need to upskill in particular areas? 
you might be like please don't go and talk to the person that you're going to be aiming for their job but you know you can actually sit down and say well you know what skills do they have that i don't have and you know do that gap analysis and start working on your own personal sorts of skills and you know working your way from there so if someone was wishing that they had, you know, someone to keep that accountable, is that something that they can access through the coaching service that you provide? Yeah. So the, the rapid mentoring program is, it's an online sort of program. Uh, people sign up for a 12 month subscription. There's a whole bunch of um, like online learning modules that people can work through at their own time. We also send out like twice weekly emails with, you know, different deep dives and Members will, you know, shoot through their question and answers and, you know, have their own member shares. There's, you know, monthly book reviews and, um, you know, industry heavy hitter interviews and things where people share their top five pearls of wisdom. But um, also once a month, I just block out an entire day of my calendar where people can dial in for a a 15 minute, just, you know, one-to-one coaching session. We just, you know, jump on Skype and if people are feeling, you know, stuck in the career or if they're, you know, got an issue, they can't you know, contact their boss or their, you know, communication issues or, you know, there might be a big change at, in their office and, you know, they're just feeling put out of place and not sure how to deal with that. And it's, you know, it's great just to keep in touch with people and, yeah, just, you know, see how they're going and just help them along the way. So those, you know, just once a month that just a, a quick little phone call can really make a huge, huge impact on people's careers. And what I really like um, about your uh, book and, and no doubt that will come through in the way in, uh, that you coach as well is that you have um, you know practical experience lived experience and how you've gone through you know similar situations um, and sometimes it's hard to have your friends or colleagues be your you know accountability partner because you don't know whether you're kind of uh, whether you're going at the same pace or whether you're equally committed to the outcome um, so it you know uh, well done on launching this um, at a very uh, uh, interesting time as well where, you know, now it's borderless where <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. Mm. Um, your your business is all virtual, is it? It is, yeah, um, 100% yeah. online. And I think that's an, an interesting point that you make as well that, you know, you don't always want to get advice from people that are inside your organization. Like, you know, the advice that they give will will always sort of, you know, protecting the company line sort of thing. Um, and not that I, I really often, I, I don't often tell people to, you know, to quit their job and to go somewhere else. But, you know, I, I just give that outsider, um, you know, viewpoint that can really just slightly different sort of advice that, you know, will definitely help people in, in different ways. Fantastic. Um, so, Warren, what would you tell your younger self if you could write a letter to, um, you know, your younger Warren back to the time where you were a junior engineer maybe? What would you tell yourself in that letter? Um, it's a great question. And it's actually with the, the top five pearls of wisdom that we do with Rapid, it's like each month I sit down with a, an industry heavy hitter and, and basically get their top five pearls of wisdom of, you know, what would they want to tell themselves at the start of their career? So for myself, it's it's actually interesting to get put on the spot and I have to think about it. But um, I think one of the big things and one of my big pieces of advice that was an underlying sort of tone throughout the whole book was to really start with the end in mind. Now, 
that's just sort of, you know, creating a bit of a, a career ambition, a bit of a goal of, you know, where do you want to be when you retire? You know, what sort of a company do you want to be working for? What age do you want to retire? Um, you know, uh, do you want to be working in a big, you know, you know, a global sort of company or do you want to be working for a small family company? Do you want to own your own business? And all those sorts of little nuances that you can ask yourself earlier on and just get that bit of direction in, in, in where you're heading, it can really help with, you know, your resilience that, you know, tough times come along, but you've got that greater career goal that you're striving for that can really help just to ride out the bumps. Um, the other piece of advice is would probably just to be to, to look after yourself. Um, I really struggled with, you know, you know, manage my own stress, um, getting enough sleep, you know, all those sort of good habits, which, you know, I, I probably should have instilled earlier on that, um, you know, at one point I just completely burnt myself out after a, a big, big project. Uh, I had to take about four months off work afterwards. It was, you know, I just wanted to spend time with the, the family and all that sort of stuff. I'd been working, you know, fly in, fly out, uh, you know, 10 days on, four days off, had, you know, two young kids at home and, um, you know, it was pretty rough. I was working, you know, 12, 13 hours a day for 10 days straight and then to come home to young kids was, uh, you know, a fairly big burden for, you know, a good 12, 18 months straight. So got to the end of that one and I was pretty well toasted and didn't really look after myself all that well, you know, through that process. So, yeah, looking after yourself is a, a really, really crucial one. So what are some of the things that you do now that is, um, you know, your non-negotiable part of the way that you you design your week, for example, um, to make sure that you do look after yourself now? Yeah, um, you know, I think being self-aware of the things that you really enjoy. So, um, you know, I love picking up the kids after school and, you know, I try and do that at least, you know, twice a week if I can. Um, there's just taking time out for yourself um you know one of the the big ones that i learned just recently uh, was you know just to time box out your calendar so that you can um you know really just focus on one thing at a time which really helps your your personal productivity but it also yes. helps to you know just allow you just to focus on that one thing you don't need to be anxious about you know doing that other task because you've you've blocked out time for it down the track um and, and, you know, when that comes down to everything, it's like if it's taking the dog for a walk, you can just be in the moment and, okay, this time is allocated to walking the dog and you can go outside, enjoy the fresh air and enjoy yourself, not worrying that you need to be, you know, thinking about that email that you need to write or whatever. It's, you know, because you know that you've got half an hour blocked later in the day where you can review emails and, you know, be productive in that time later on. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, coming back to the first question, Arzi, how did you start your day and you sent your kids to school? So you're off to a right, a good track today. <laughs> I haven't checked my emails yet either, which is even better. You haven't checked. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Warren, for coming onto the show and, and sharing, uh, you know, about the work that you do. Can you um, tell us where can we find your website? Yep, um, my website is rapidmentoring.com.au. Um, if anybody's interested in grabbing a copy of the book, um, that's that's the best place to place an order. Um, there's even a button there you can do, like grab signed copies and things. 
Um, otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for you know Warren James, and you should be able to find me. I'm usually hanging around on LinkedIn most days, and that's it. Fantastic. Thank you so much again, Warren. It's been great chatting to you. Thanks for having me, Yashan. It's been great. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review on iTunes and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can find me at Build Your Talent Stack.